You're listening to the God-Centered Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden. As the mom to four young boys, I know motherhood's hard, but sometimes I think I make it even harder than it needs to be. I'll worry about my needs being met or I'll spend so much energy trying to make my boys happy that I forget that if I would take my eyes off me and my eyes off my kids and keep my eyes on God, that those desires would grow strangely dim and their contentment would go up as I'm led by his spirit. I also forget that I'm surrounded by God. He is going before me in places that I'm fearful of. He is walking with me on the hard days and he's coming behind me, redeeming any mistake I made. So each week I'll interview a new guest and we'll discuss what it means to be a God-centered mom. Thanks for listening. You're listening to episode 62 of the God-Centered Mom podcast. Today we're chatting with Kirk Martin from CelebrateCalm.com. He is fabulous. And I have to tell y'all just where I am right now. Um, I interviewed him on Thursday and then Friday there was a snowstorm, wasn't sure, but was able to work it out to where I got to go also to a mom heart conference with Sally Clarkson. And the combination of Kirk's amazing uh, perspective and advice and alter, like really altered my parenting, I think from here on out, I'm, I'm just crossing my fingers that it sticks. <laughs> um, and then Sally's just warm encouragement, honesty about um, her struggles and also just hope um, and just a, a vision of the power of loving our children and the power of mothering the next generation. I feel like the combo, I am on cloud nine right now. I am so thankful to get to be a mom. I have such freedom right now that I have not experienced. And I know you know I'm on this journey with you. I also know you know that I'm not perfect. And I share a lot of that in today's episode with Kirk. Um, I am learning right alongside you. And I have always struggled with the fact that, you know, I want to do everything perfectly. But how I sabotage myself, kind of like the first Corinthians 13, where I can do all these different things, but if I don't have love, it's like a a clanging gong. And um, I just do all the things that should be done, quote unquote, and yet struggled with the love and the connection and with my own anger issues and my own desire for control that I cause a lot of disconnect from my boys and strife between me and my boys and anxiety in my own heart when we're out in public and just not really feeling at rest and enjoying being a mom. And I don't know if that resonates with you. But what Kirk shares in this episode, ding, 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 pinpointed exactly what was wrong. (laughs) Like I feel so much freedom now. He has given me permission to let go of, um, some control I was trying to hold on to, um, and refocus it. So Kirk's credentials include having a son himself with ADHD. And also, um, he has a background in behavior therapy and has had 1500 different kids over the course of the years come through his home that he has, um, helped them, with their ability to calm themselves. And then he has started training parents and he speaks across the country doing workshops. Um, He has some podcasts. We'll share more about that in this episode, but um, I know y'all are going to be blessed. So let's get right to it. Here we go. 
Hey, Kirk, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Hey, Heather, it's great to be here. Well, I'm so thankful um, we have a house guest in town that introduced me to your Celebrate Calm website. It's so fabulous. So fabulous. Great work. Really like well, it. I, I appreciate that. I really like it. And um, I, you know, wanted you to have, wanted to have you on here to help moms with a lot of the stuff you're talking about. But before we get into that, could you just let us know, how did you even come to the point where you have a site and you speak around the country on this topic? So I had um, a very, very, very strong-willed son, the kind of kid that kind of comes out of the womb with boxing gloves on, right? He just (laughs) wants to argue about everything and anything. And I spent the first nine years of his life telling my wife, if your son would just do what I said, when I said, and how I said it, no, I would be a great father. Mm -hmm. And I, I kept thinking, it was all him, it's all him, it's all him. And I started hearing this kind of still small voice in my head saying, you know, what if your son is made like that on purpose? Mm. And what if by trying to change him, you're actually frustrating my purposes for your son? And then the killer question I heard was, well, what if instead of changing your son's behavior, you need to change? Mm. And I'm a guy, I don't like to change, you know, it's my way or the highway. Yeah. And, and slowly I began to realize the quickest way to change my child's behavior was to first control my own because mm-hmm. I would escalate just about every situation. Um, and so as I began to change myself and focus on myself, I noticed relationships with my kids, with my wife, with everybody changed. Um, and then the other, I guess, linchpin to this was we worked with very, very challenging kids, the really strong-willed, intense ones, whether they had a diagnosis or not. And um, we decided to do something a little different, that instead of bringing them into a therapeutic office, we actually opened up our home. Mm. So over the course of a decade, we had about 1,500 kids come through our home wow. because we wanted to teach kids in everyday situations, okay, what do you do when your brother looks at you or a friend knocks over your you know, beloved Lego project, or you're disappointed and things don't go your way. How do you handle that frustration? Mm. And so that, so I didn't really choose this. I think it kind of chose me and uh, I kind of blame it on my son. He (laughs) he changed my life. (laughs) So when you say um, you uh, took them in instead of a therapy, what is your profession by trade? What are you, are you licensed? Um, I, I have two backgrounds. Okay. I have uh, one background is in behavior therapy. Okay. Um, I no longer, I don't practice because I, now I speak full time, but also I was in business for a while too. So I'm kind of a multitasking kind of guy. Um, but we started doing these camps in our home okay. and we had people flying their kids in with their kids from Finland and California and wow. Texas to the East Coast. And then people asked us to, to start speaking. So that's kind of where it come for, came from. And my son actually travels with me now as well. And how old is uh, he now? He's 21. So he survived me and <laughs> I survived him. And we have a fantastic relationship. So, so there great. is hope. There is hope. And does he speak with you like and give his perspective? He does. Yes. He, and it's cool because – and we'll talk about this, Heather. We'll, yeah. Even this morning, we'll, uh, even on the podcast, we'll do um, – kind of the kit, like when your child is melting down, Mm. we always see it from our perspective of, I don't have time for this right now. Yeah. 
And, and we try to give the kids perspective. Well, what's going through his head right now? Mm. Um, and so, yeah, he gives the kids perspective and he also trains, uh, teaches kids how to control their own emotions, which is really kind of cool. Very cool. And like that little voice that told you, what if he made him, what if God made him this way for a reason? Well, there you have it <laughs> to have yes. a voice for the voiceless who are tantruming and no one's thinking about their perspective. Um, that's awesome that you guys can do that together. So, okay. So these 1500 kids have come through your home. How long would they stay? I'm just curious. Like it just depended. I mean, we'd like, have some kids for a week, some kids, couple weeks, but here's wow. what changed. I was really good with the kids. I could, I could calm them down and do all these things. But then I realized <laughs> they, when they went home, yeah. they were right back in. So we started to do more parent training. Yeah. And so eventually I didn't work with the kids anymore. We just work with the parents because just as a parent, you have so much control over situations and it's, it doesn't have anything to do with a child. I'll give you just one quick example. And yeah. everybody listening can do this one tonight. Just sit. Like next time some, the situation begins to escalate, sit in a chair, sit on the floor, cross your legs. It changes the dynamic because now you are not standing over the child with your tight jaw and your tone of voice like this. Mm. And you're sitting and it sends a message of, I'm in complete control of myself. Mm. I'm not going to escalate. And it actually makes a more intense emotional child feel very safe because he knows, oh, the 29-year-old mother, the 40-year-old dad is not going to freak out now. Mm. I'm freaking out, but they're not freaking out. I think everything's going to be okay. And that one simple act of sitting down is really effective. If you want a fun one, if you've got teenagers, next time they start to argue with you, just seriously lay down in the middle of the living room floor because <laughs> you will freak them out and they will either walk away from you, which is good because now you can just like take a nap in the middle of the floor. <laughs> or if they lay down with you, I mean, if you can picture this, two people laying down on a living room floor are going to have a much better conversation mm. than two people facing off with their hands on their hips, you know, mm. each with a, a negative tone of voice. Like so, the fight or flight goes away when you're the not The fight or flight stance. goes away because yeah. you you have just de-escalated it solely by your body posture. That's which, huge. Yeah. That's it's huge. huge. I'm then, imagining myself, like how often do I even sit down in my day? <laughs> like I'm picturing. Um, don't. You they don't. I need to. I need to just sit down on the kitchen floor when things start going crazy. That's really good. The younger your kids are, the lower to the floor you get. Because if you, you know, you can try this in church or at a mall sometime. If an adult is sitting down, kids are drawn to that adult because mm. the adult is communicating, I'm in complete control of myself. My yes is my yes. My no is my no. Mm. I'm not going to beg you with the sweetie. Baby, you know, it would really help mommy because that never works with a strong <laughs> child. But it's also not the threatening. If you do not pick your toys, because as soon as you get in that tone of voice, your child instinctively knows, uh-oh, mom's about to blow. Yeah, She's going to be bringing out all the resentments from her marriage <laughs> from, right, from the last 12 years with me on earth. So yeah. it's That's a cool, it's very cool. I mean, I 
I, I don't know if you guys are already picking up on why I really like <laughs> what Kirk teaches about, but the gals who listen to the show know I have issues with my own anger and my own pride and my own um, control issues. Like I want everything in my environment calm and four boys does not offer that. And four boys with leadership skills and big personalities and sensory issues. Like my anxiety level can go like over the top crazy and I can just feel it. And I, and I just want everyone to stop moving and everyone to stop jumping and um, stop fighting. And so I'll just go crazy. So that tip of just sitting down is a huge practical, great tip for me. And I'm picturing in my head, the Bible story where Jesus says, let the children come and he's just sitting and they uh-huh. like crawl in his lap and the calmness and the disciples are the ones freak, like freaking out. They're like, no, 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 <laughs> get rid of them. You know, and he's just calm and controlled. Well, you know, another good one, Heather, is um, the woman caught in adultery when he mm, stoops. Yeah. He basically kneels on the ground. And here's a really cool thing from a, from a Christian perspective is it's a very humbling thing because mm. Jesus in that could have stood over her, but see, he was also surrounded by all these guys holding stones, ready to stone her. And here he is kneeling on the ground, taking the humble position, mm. which creates an entirely different dynamic. So, you know, what, I'll give you a, a, a quick one. Child yeah. starts to melt down. Yeah. You know, you've got a couple options. One is to say, young lady, young man, I do not have time for this. Get up off the floor right now. Yeah which is tends to trigger, right? This, the, it makes them more upset because you're getting upset. And so a quick little process to go through, one is just to always realize I can only control one person in life and that's me. Mm-hmm. And so my first thought in any situation is I can't control this other person. I can control myself. So that's when I may sit down. So physically I sit down. In my tone of voice, I go to a very even, matter-of-fact tone. And I know that's hard because in the moment, you're just like, would you please just... Mm-hmm. But in the moment, I go to... And here's something that moms will recognize and really like is the power of acknowledgement, acknowledging yeah. what's going on. Hey, Trevor, I can tell you're really frustrated right now because I guarantee all the moms listening, that's all you want from your husband once in a while to say, yeah. I totally get why you're frustrated. And that's all you want. Yeah. You don't need them to fix it or offer suggestions. You just want to acknowledge, Trevor, I totally get it. You're frustrated mm-hmm. because that's calming right there to him. And as you begin to speak in this voice, it will actually calm you down because you're not ignoring it and you're not running from it, but you're addressing it and you're doing it in more of a leadership, mm-hmm. right? A more of a leadership tone of like, hey, totally get what's going on. You're frustrated right now. And then I may lead the child to a different action because just saying, hey, you need to calm down right now. Mm -hmm. He's going to look at you like, mom, (laughs) apparently you don't know how to calm down either. So we're in trouble. And I don't, I'm not a huge fan of putting really intense kids in time out to think about their actions because they can't think when they're upset and it will Mm. tend to make them more upset. And a lot of these kids, to be honest, the more challenging kids have a lot of shame inside Mm. because they're always in trouble. Mm. And so that was the beautiful part about the woman caught in adultery is Jesus addressed the shame because he didn't look at her and he, and he, and he stooped. 
And so the God of the universe is, is right there with a naked woman and he stoops and averts his eyes because he knew she already knew what she did was wrong. Right. Right. Your kids already know what they do is wrong. Right. That's why they lie. Mm, right. So right. lying doesn't throw me off. The lying is a recognition of, uh oh, I shouldn't have done that. And so. And they're sometimes avoiding your anger, right? The lying. And sometimes avoiding the anger. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, see, I always wanted, I always wanted my son to come to me very boldly and say, hey, dad, I just really messed up. I just stole something. Mm-hmm. Because now I can deal with it and there's no darkness and no deceit. I can deal with that and say, okay, what was going on? Why did you do that? And we can do uh, restoration and reparations, whatever we want. Um, but in this situation, the calming tool, and, and this is a good one for moms to remember, is motion changes emotion. Okay. So motion or movement. When kids get upset, I like to get them moving somehow because you can't think your way out of being really upset when you're a little kid. And so for little kids, I'll give you a couple examples. I may say, hey, Trevor, tell you're really frustrated. Hey, do me a favor. Dump your Legos out on the floor. In 22 seconds, I'll come in and I'll build a spaceship with you Mm. because he's upset and frustrated about something. Well, I don't know how to deal with that frustration, but I can build with my Legos and it's very tactile and tactile things. You mentioned one of your boys kind of the, with the sensory issues. Yeah. yeah. Playing with tactile things in the hands is very calming. Hmm. I may, with a little kid, I may, I may lead the child to calm. So picture three-year-old, six-year-old, 13-year-old girl, doesn't matter, rolling around on the floor upset. Rather than address her behavior first, I address my own. And I sit down or stand and just start coloring or drawing because it's very therapeutic for me to color and I'll hold up a crayon and see now if you can picture this in your kitchen or wherever, I'm drawing and leading the child to my calm place. So I'm holding up the crayon and as they come and disrespectfully grab the crayon because that's what they're going to do in the moment. But as they start to color, now I have an adult and a child together, not one cent away, right? Because we usually say, go to your room, mm-hmm. which, is, which is fine. But in the long run, I actually want to draw. See, I want to draw kids to me when they're upset mm-hmm. because I believe that's what God does for us. He doesn't say, hey, go work out your issues and then come talk to me. Mm-hmm. He says, I can tell you're really frustrated because you've got wrong perspective. Mm-hmm. And if you come talk to me right now, I'll help get you better perspective and I'll help you. So when I'm coloring, building with Legos, eating um, some popcorn with the child, I may do push-ups. You know, this is a good one for your husbands because many of you have um, husbands who are a, a little bit more, you know, intense, volatile and get upset. But I guarantee, picture this, in your living room or aisle three in Target, <laughs> child is getting, because it's going to happen in yeah. public. Oh, of they, course. That's when they, yeah, that's the time. Which, by the way, Heather, which I know you'll like this, that's your own issue because that's your own embarrassment. It's, it's, the, it's the public humiliation. Yeah. It's, and it's, that's your own embarrassment. It's totally but that's our, the pride. Totally. It's the it's, humiliation, it, yeah. the humbling in a public place. And what do people think? They're thinking I'm a terrible mom, which is not true. Yes. They're thinking, wow, that child's acting like a child. 
Yes, the hard part is when the parent begins acting like a exactly. child. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So I was I was out by myself <laughs> and I saw this child acting like a child and I was like, you know, he was offering me his shoes, he was taking them all out from the shoe department and the mom was freaking out. And I'm like, well, he's acting like a child. You are you need to get in control yourself. So this is exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And you and notice how easy it is when it's not your child. Mm. Oh, see, yeah. you were, see, you were perfectly calm. You're like, oh, he's great. He's just getting the shoes out. But the he's, mom's like, no, I told him because I want everything to be just so. And he's getting things out. And I've always yes, told him yes. for the last seven years. <sighs> and so, and you can feel that. Yes. But picture this, uh, your husband, aisle three at Target, living room. Child's freaking out. And husband doesn't say a word. But he gets down on the floor and just starts doing push-ups. <laughs> And I guarantee that kid's going to look over like, what's my dad doing push-ups for? Yeah. In the middle of aisle three. But the but now the father will have led his child into his calm place rather than tried to change the child's behavior first. Right. So I, hopefully that makes sense. But it's a really cool process. No, I think that's really, really good. And I'm what I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate. So okay. um, I have four young children. And where I have a hard time is when one freaks out and then the other one's asking me to help with his homework and then dinner's on the stove and then the other two are fighting. So right. all that's happening at the same time. Okay. So me remaining in a calm place and addressing the one who has the behavior and needs me to be calm and build Legos with them, but I can't be calm and build Legos with them because the dinner will burn and the other one needs to finish his math because, well, we're going to have dinner soon. So you do see the tension and then like the siblings fighting. So yeah, what does that that mom do? But that never happens to anyone else but you. (laughs) So no. So so this is a one-off total. Uh, It's only in a movie. No, no, it happens all the time. Every night, five o'clock. So, so let's step back and and do this because some of it is going to be being proactive, right? About okay. knowing proper expectations. Okay. If you have four young boys, your home is going to be chaotic and messy and ugly, and it's going to be nasty a fair amount of the time. It yeah. just, you know what I mean? It just, yeah. it is. I mean, if you because Christian parents especially have this i this idealized view of like, well, if I just do the right things. And if I'm firm and, and, I, and I'm consistent, and all those things are very good and important and necessary, but if I just do it the right way, well, then my kids will behave It'll the be right perfect. way. perfect. They'll be perfect. But if you look at the first family, Adam and Eve have two kids, Cain and Abel. One of the first two kids was a murderer. So mm-hmm. we always tell people if you're doing better than a 50% murder rate among your children, <laughs> you're, historically, you're doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so part of it is just your expectation. Like I always tell moms, you know, plan for the imperfection, mm. you know, build time in for that, knowing if you've got one child or four kids or six kids, it's just going to be ugly. Yeah. And so simplify as much as possible, you know, self-care. And this is a, a big one I know you deal with, but I'm a big fan, especially of mom's taking care of themselves. And we have a phrase, it's kind of harsh, but I think it's true. Moms, if you don't care enough about yourself Mm. to take care of yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually, why would anybody else care? Mm. So, you know, if you, because you're never going to have enough time, your kids are never going to wake up and say, mom, listen, talk to my brothers this morning. 
we've determined you do way too much for us. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's never going to happen yeah. until you demonstrate self-respect enough to say, I'm not doing everything. Yeah. And so part of it is an expectations thing. But even the tone of voice, try that tonight because it's going to happen tonight. Oh, yeah. Uh, with two of them beating on each other and the other one's upset and the other one has homework. Begin practicing with even the tone of being able to say, because you can't build with Legos right there, but you could say, hey, I don't know, you, I don't want to know your kids' names, but <laughs> hey, Trevor, hey, tell your frustrated, listen, I could really use your help right now. Because kids love feeling helpful, not doing chores, but they no. love feeling helpful in the moment. I really use your help because I need someone that's really, really strong. Could you come over here? Could you get the um, top off of this bottle? Because I'm having trouble with it. Um, mm. And see, I'm giving him a job to do. I'm using something physical. I'm using some motion just to getting, getting him moving out of that spot. Mm. Um, the sibling issues, some of it's, you know, it, it can be boredom. It can just be that's what two boys in a room are going to do, right? Yeah. yeah. And some of that even can be in, a, uh, in an even matter of fact of like, Hey, uh, Jordan, uh, Billy, listen, totally fine with you guys um, doing your sibling fights. Totally fine with it. <laughs> um, but here's what, here are my parameters, though. You're not going to do it in my kitchen while I'm cooking anywhere I can hear. So if you want to go to the basement and do it, go to your room and do it, fine. If you want to go down to the Henderson's house down the street, they love irritating children, <laughs> you can go there. But, but watching, and I know it, it's not going to be that simple. Like they're not going to look at you and say, okay, mother, we'll go to the basement. I wish but we had oh, a basement. Texas, no basements. Oh, you're in Texas. Yeah, you uh, don't have basements. But wish. you can go outside Yeah, anytime. oh, I love outside. Yes. Yes. Go, go outside. Out. Yes. Go outside and fight. You know, have husband build a little boxing ring or something <laughs> in Texas. That'll <laughs> we, be fine. We need a padded room for sure. Yes. But you know what part of it is, Heather, which I think you find over time is sometimes parents want good behavior so badly that they get too invested in it, right? Yes. And oh, when yes, totally. And when your kids hear that, Trevor, do you, why do you have to always? Yes. When we start to whine, we're so invested in it. They know it's irritating you. Mm. And so part of the reason they keep doing it is it gives them some control. And mm. quite honestly, it's fun to mm. irritate a grown-up and know that I'm seven and I'm now in control of both adults in the home because your kids will get you and your husband fighting very quickly. Yeah. As hubby thinks you just need to be tougher on them and mom tries to be understanding. And then, so when I, I'm not the way I look at kids behavior it, it, a couple ways, I'm an impartial um, giver of wisdom. My job is to say, Hey guys, here, here's some wisdom for you. If you continue to make this choice, I promise you this will be the consequence. However, if you make this choice, which I know you're capable of, here will be the consequence as well. I'm okay with either choice as long as you clearly understand the, the, the parameters. Yeah. There's something about that tone and yeah. putting it in their court and not owning it yeah. that lets them own it versus me threatening and being on them all the time, which is in effect, I'm owning it, if that totally. makes sense. No, that is me. That is totally me. Because you have I am like so invested. Issues, right? Oh, totally. I am so invested. They have to be good. You have to be good. And they can sense it totally, like exactly what you said. If they knew, and, and almost when I give them choices, like they want to go against the choice they know I want so badly, right? They can, just to be 
you talk about the strong-willed child, you know, just to be antagonistic, to go against right. what I want. That is such good advice to kind of pull away the, and it helps them do level two thinking, like right. not just doing everything I'm saying when I say it, but to like take a broader look and make wise decisions. I see it with kids. I see it with my kids. If mom's looking, I'll make the right choice, but I don't have enough inner control to make the right choice when an adult is not looking. That's really good. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And they can sense that you're, I mean, here's the other thing too, which I, which is one thing I love about you and, and reading through your blog, blog and website is your transparency and honesty. Cause that's a, right about, I have control issues. Yeah. I need everything to be just so. Yeah. And when things aren't just so it totally messes with me. So Here's a, here's a good practical thing is I would, for the moms listening, write down your triggers. Yeah. What are your triggers? Is it the kids being late? Is it, for some of you, it's just the neatness thing, right? Of like, just, they, just, they just leave stuff all. Yeah, or injustice. But, like, I don't like when one brother mistreats the other. Like, honor. I want them to honor one another. I want them to treat each other special. And when they don't, it just, like, makes me crazy. Right. And the more you lecture about that, the worse it will get because they're not owning it Mm -hmm. and you want it too much. And, Mm -hmm. and, and to relieve the pressure on the moms too, is to know so much of it is just what you model, right? If you're, if you're give if when you're out in public, you're giving and gracious to people, your kids see it and they'll become like that. They're just not going to do it at nine. Right. right? Right. But your, but I would write down your triggers and do this. Here's a really good practical way to look at it. So write down your triggers. My trigger is when the kids do X. Mm-hmm. So I begin to do the opposite of what I normally do. And so that's why instead of starting to lecture and yell, I began to sit. I began to ask questions instead of lecturing mm. because lecturing gets you tuned out. Yeah. Asking questions gets to level two, and the kids begin to process and make the choices, you know, better that way. Yeah. But I think it all still, you know, it all, so much of it, like if I were, if I'm working with parents for the first 30 days, I don't even let them tell me what their kids are like. Oh, wow. Because, okay. yeah. because I, I so want to focus, well, why do you need everything to be just so? Mm. Why, why, where is that perfection, where does that perfectionism come from? Uh, practice every day, do one thing. This will be a good one for you, Heather. Okay. Practice doing one thing imperfectly every day. Okay. You still do it with excellence, but there is a physical part of it of knowing, okay, all the little canisters on the kitchen counter aren't lined up perfectly today. Is that going to ruin my day? Yeah. Am I still going to be okay? Because yeah. otherwise you'll just be swayed by it. that thing inside of you will just compel you to be on your kids all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and anyone listening, do not think that I have my house in order by any shape of any imagination of that. It is a hot mess over here. And it's, but it's that chaos struggle of, I want it to be, I have no ability knowing how possibly on the ADHD spectrum myself. Like I feel the chaos. And so I think, your stuff of talking about, I need to deal with my own common, my own issues of feeling out of control so that I don't want them to be in control and control me. Does that make sense? Like, Oh, absolutely. If I'm feeling out of sorts and I feel disorganized and I don't know how to 
keep track of mail and I don't know how to make sure everyone's forms get filled out in time. So I feel out of sorts and and in order for life to function, I need all of you to have your business straight. So right. it's externalizing to Now them. you become yes. dependent on them. I need them to be controlled so that I can have some yes. sort of control in my life. Does that make sense? So Absolutely. So I totally I think, you know, and I'm so sad our time is like so much almost up. But y'all, you need to check you need to check out Kirk's stuff. I mean, isn't it awesome what he's saying? And you have so many resources. I want you to share them before our time is up. What things, if someone went to your site, celebratecom.com, what could they find? What resources could they purchase um, to help them if they're resonating with what you're talking about? Well, let's do this. Do the free stuff first. Okay. I'd sign up. We have an email newsletter, and okay. it's really good, very practical. It'll come to your inbox, so you sign up for that. And that'll kind of get you started. There, there. Um, I've got old blog posts and podcasts. Listen to those because it, you know we get more uh, more full perspective. We do live workshops all over the country. Um, we're doing twenty. I'm speaking twenty seven times in March alone. So we're all what? over. The There's yeah, only thirty one days. Okay. I know. Twenty seven times. Okay. Live March workshops are busy. Okay. Um, but um, but that's there. We have, you know, we have audio CDs and DVDs and stuff. I'm not going to, you know, get used to our stuff. And, and, and we have a Facebook page. Let's just celebrate calm. Get to know us. Take it slow. Do one thing at a time. And, um, you know, you go to the site. You, you have our email address on there. We're ri- we all, all of us have kids with strong-willed kids, intense kids, kids with special needs. So everybody working here gets it. Mm. And so, um, you know, if you're a frustrated mom, there's an 800 number. It's like 888-506-1871. It's on the website. Okay. You can call anytime. We kind of get what's going on in your home. So, but I, I appreciate Heather what I appreciate what you're doing. And I'm um, just letting moms know it's okay to be imperfect and it's good. And you're still a good mom if your kids wear the same clothes 14 <laughs> days in a row. Yeah. And if they don't brush their hair or their teeth and eat mac and cheese and chicken nuggets for every meal, yeah. still a good mom, yeah. right? Yes. So. It, it's letting those things that we think make us a good mom make us stop loving our kids and getting frustrated. <laughs> that makes us not a good mom. Isn't that the irony? Like I can make those such a high priority that I lose the connection with my kids because yeah, I start the lecturing, sure. right? Yeah, that enjoying. I always end every email with enjoy your kids. Because if you're not enjoying them, then nothing good happens. So, and it's hard to enjoy them sometimes because some yeah. of you have really challenging kids who are saying "I hate you" and you know flipping you off. So, well, I think we I need to that. have you back on because this was just too quick, and I think that we could spend a whole episode talking about those kids um, to encourage moms who are sitting there. I would love any time. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time today. I really, really appreciate it, Kirk. Thanks, Heather. All right. Enjoy your boys. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Good luck at dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Five o'clock. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink 
as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.